traveling the vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed up at some number 196. I really hate it when I lose my temper in the middle of a door sign. I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm good. Me too. I'm tired. <laughs> I really am. Glenn's going to play exhausted. my role this week. Yeah, I'm exhausted this week. Why are you so tired? Well, I went over and did some landscape work for my dad and it took a long time. <laughs> took all day long. I'm exhausted. I even went home and took a nap, which was only about 20 minutes. But Were there gutters involved? No gutters. Well, hedges. <laughs> hedges. No hedges. <laughs> this was um, drainage pipe. <laughs> I'm going to write a how-to book. I'll give it to all of our Patreons. <laughs> and they'll go, oh, God, no, cancel my, my account. Cancel my subscription. <laughs> No, they've had some problem with water draining into their basement, and next door neighbor actually landscaped his side and made it even worse, so it all Ooh. filters down. And my parents live on a decline anyway. There's a the street is kind of up above their door level, and then the yard slants down towards the house. There's nothing you can do about that. The whole street does that, but then it all runs to the side of the house and down, and it gets all caught up there and doesn't. And so what we did is we ran PVC pipe underground. Well, actually, we dug a trench and run it above ground. <laughs> and then we buried it. And so we built up the, the ground there and then sloped it off so that it slopes mm-hmm. away from the house. And everything that comes from the front that drains in should drain into the front of that PVC pipe, which has now a, just a drain grate on it. And it should drain into there and then drain all the way down out to the back where the, everything else is supposed to drain to and, and level out. That's where all his guttering. Uh, uh, drains too into my other neighbor's yard. Well, hopefully, <laughs> but out to the back of the house where it's away from everything. So, yeah, uh, that's oh. that's in theory how it works. We'll see when it rains. I, 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 I just got to make sure they keep the pipe clear. Yeah, I decided there were two things that that I learned from my father when it came to to houses. Whenever we would go into a place uh, to look at, and when we were looking for houses, my dad would count outlets. He would walk into a room and just start counting electrical outlets. And I always thought that was the weirdest thing until I had to plug everything in (laughs) and then went, oh, that was actually a pretty smart move. So I count outlets now whenever I walk into a room. I do the same. And the other one was we would drive up to the place and he'd look at it and go, nope, it's in a hole. And he would turn around. He wouldn't even bother stopping (laughs) to look at it (laughs) because he knew he didn't want to mess with any of that. You want to learn? Uh, You don't know how much anybody knows about PVC pipe, but this impressed the heck out of me. Because I've done some plumbing and stuff. But when you do PVC pipe, pipe, you can't just stick that stuff together. You've got to actually put that same PVC cement in there so it seals, yeah. so you don't get leaks. But in the old days, <laughs> I'm so old. In the old days. <laughs> hey, back in to, my day, we just had copper. <laughs> you used to take and you'd have to, like, um, buff or sand the end of that pipe mm-hmm. so that you got some adherence so, so that the cement would yeah. grab onto it, right? actually make and you can buy it in a two pack they make primer now hmm. and you put a little dab of the t- primer on the edge of the t- pipe and you only let it dry for a few seconds in fact it, it the other one tells you to start applying the cement even to the wet primer and then you add the primer on or the, you add the cement over the primer 
and hmm. you don't have to sit there because we can just sit there and buff that pipe forever, you know, trying to get a good roughness on it. To, it's wonderful stuff. <laughs> we'll add that to the book too. <laughs> anyway, so that was part Modern of what technology. I did this week. <laughs> what else you do? Not a lot. Um, I watched. Oh shoot! I forgot to bring it. I watched Manchurian Candidate. The old Which one. one? The oh, old the good one. one. Yeah, the good one. I've seen it. I saw it years and years ago. Actually, I think I saw it when it was reissued because you know they pulled it after. Well, and they re-released it when they made the remake, didn't they? Then they do a re-release then. Probably, but they uh, they actually released it on video in like '87. Mm-hmm. It had been off the market anywhere for uh, like nearly 20 years. Um, I think it was '87, '88. Somewhere I was I was in high school. I saw it the first time. Uh, it's such a good movie, though. Um, so I watched that this Angelo week. Angelo Lansbury. I watched. Um, Darn it, I watched something the other night. I can't remember what it was. Huh, it's escaping me. Maybe it'll come to me later. Uh, kids had soccer yesterday. Oh, I know what, I've been, what else I've been watching. Uh, kids had soccer yesterday, and then uh, we put Halloween decorations up at the house. Then Holly had uh, clinicals until like 3 a.m. So this is her last one, though, her last uh, late night. Oh, that's good. Um... Earlier in the week, I discovered actually two. This I forgot to bring this up last week. Two weeks ago, I discovered a podcast, which I don't normally try to talk about podcasts on here because um, I don't want to play favors for anybody. Well, this yeah. one's not Doctor Who. Oh well, <laughs> this is actually one called uh, Completely Beatles, and it's by these two guys that do the Sneaky Dragon pod- podcast. Are two Canadians. The Sneaky Dragon is. Right up our alley because they're they just tangent on everything. Just I mean that's what that's the focus of their podcast is just talk. things they talk about and they tangent. And uh, but they they used to talk about I guess uh, a lot of the Beatles on there a lot. So what they decided that they they, they did is they went to they just do an album by album uh, podcast called Completely Beatles and they started huh. with it's it's the UK albums so it starts with Please Please Me and ends with Let It Be. Actually, they they go a little further than that, but um, each one they talk about uh, a different album, and, and it, it's nothing new because I've been into the Beatles for a long time, and so I've I've learned and, and read and studied for so many years that I hardly find anything new. But every once in a while, I find new nuggets that I learn, that I learn about. But uh, it's actually pretty fun just to hear them talk about the albums, and I think they they did these in. Uh, I don't think these are even from this year. I think they're like last year or something like hmm. that. And when they got, they did, uh, they went all the way up to Abbey Road. Actually, they did Let It Be before Abbey Road because technically that Let It Be was done before Abbey Road. It just ended up being released after. And then they talked about the Beatles movies. And then this last one says Real Love. And so I don't know, there wasn't an album called Real Love, but I don't know what they're going to do there. Well, uh, they anyway. obviously are going to talk about the single. Well, the, yeah, but the, usually they uh, they... I mean, obviously they do real, real love, freeze a bird. Um, they should have done freeze a bird first. Something but, else. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. They just may have labeled it. Maybe they do talk about it. Anyway, so what that has done has, uh, I don't want to say it, it's made me rediscover the Beatles. Oh, because this is why you have the Beatles on your Facebook the page Beatles, and on your. <laughs> it's it's your a, you've rediscovered your love of the Beatles. Not, it's not the rediscovering because Beatles are always on in our house. I mean, we when we're cleaning, Holly and I are such huge Beatles fans that when we're cleaning, you know, we put the Beatles on, or the kids have uh, Kid Bop sings the Beatles that Mason listens to at night sometimes. So, I mean, the Beatles has always been a mainstay in our house, so I don't want to make it sound like I've rediscovered them because I haven't rediscovered them, but every once in a while I get a little energy 
where I just want to go back and, and get I just I get I want to inundate myself in Beatles. <laughs> and so this week I went back and I hadn't watched um, the anthologies for a long time, so I went back and watched mm-hmm. the DVDs this week. Um, so that's what I, I've been watching. I'm sure I'm about halfway through those. I haven't gone all the way through those. But then, yeah, I've been listening to the Beatles at work all week, and I actually made the work week go a lot smoother <laughs> when you got the Beatles on the background. I actually just added a bunch of Beatles stuff to my playlist at work. I wrote I wrote eight different songs in and out of my playlist, and it was time for the Beatles to remake an appearance. So that was fun. Anyway, so that yeah, that's just, that's really been my week. Just mm. not rediscovering the Beatles, but re just being energized this week by the Beatles. The interesting thing is. <laughs> As I, I'd, been, I'd been kind of inundating myself with Beatles this week. Um, it was real weird. I went outside at work, and there was a motorcycle, one of these three-wheel motorcycles driving tricycle. down 24. Yeah, tricycle. <laughs> uh, driving down 24, and you could hear his stereo because it's out in the open, and he was playing a Beatles song, and I thought, <laughs> how serendipitous is that that I've been on this Beatles kick all week? Nice. Anyway, that's all I did. Fall season kind of kicked off. It did, yeah. Oh, Agents yeah, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Watched, is back. That's what I've been doing. Watching, <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought you were going to. Uh, I do it. Remember later? Yeah, I, I actually watched Gotham on Monday. Gotham which I think we'll Monday. talk a little bit about this as a joint. But I did watch Gotham. Well, well I didn't watch it on Monday. Have you seen Gotham? Gotham? I have not. I, I've gotten well. two reviews. One was... You're supposed to watch it. Dude, I'm in school. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just clarify what I did this week. I went to school... I went to work. Well, good. This so now I'm done. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I got I got two reviews. One was like, "Oh man, Gotham was so good," and oh, the other no, one was no, like, "Nobody no, said Gotham, Gotham was so terrible." Uh, so. It's, it's somewhere Steve in between. Make it through it. Did you see that, Steve uh, Hilton? Mm-mm. He didn't make it through it. He mm-hmm. watched 25 minutes of it, turned off. It's it was okay. There's some things that intrigue me. Some things that I wish they didn't include, but. I took some time to think about it. I watched it on Tuesday because I'd forgot it was on Monday. <laughs> Actually, I think I watched it Wednesday because I watch everything on Hulu the following day because oh, we yeah. don't have cable. Or, and, and obviously I'm not home, so we don't DVR or anything either. So I watched it on Wednesday morning, I think it was. I I watched it and I thought, okay, I think the writing's very loose. I'm not going to give anything away. And I thought they, they kind of heavily put a lot of the rogues gallery in the first episode. But I forgave that because I thought, okay, this is a pilot. They're trying yeah. to book I, I really hope that the rogues are very minimal. In the too. next few episodes, and Bruce is very minimal. But seeing the promo for next week doesn't look like it. But the problem I have with it now, as I've thought about it over the course of a week, is there's a strange dichotomy of if Gordon is so good at what he does, why do we need the Batman later? What happens oh, that we need Batman later? Well, so and if if <laughs> If Batman comes along later, then it kind of lends to that, and and the, and the villains don't really come into their own until Batman comes around. Then it kind of lends to that whole discussion Why do we need of the show. Well, no, it comes <laughs> to that whole show. Of his, the, yeah, Batman creates the villains. He's responsible for he's them responsible. as opposed to the other way around, right? And so I don't know. It just it's I don't well, know how they're going to make the narrative work. It, it, I saw an interview in Entertainment Weekly talking about it and how they have a multi-year plan for the show and each season. Well, you should never go to put your Fox show on Fox and then have a multi-year plan. <laughs> and their plan is each season. Let's go to the map and see where you screwed up. <laughs> Fox. Oh. Each season is plotting the course of one specific supervillain to its <coughs> their rise of power. And they didn't really specify who's oh, coming darn. down them. <laughs> and 
So, and, it, and they, they mentioned in the interview that it's kind of a weird dichotomy of you have these people that you're rooting for, like Gordon, who you know is going to fail. So Batman can rise. So it's going to be a matter of they do, he does good, but only so good to get promoted. Not enough to actually make a difference in the city. Uh, well, if they can pull that off, then I'll give it to them. But you got to try to pull it off and make it enjoyable. That's just it. Otherwise, I don't, it just becomes see, depressing and no reason right, to watch I don't it. See so it's, it's, it's going to walk Gordon's a very If Gordon's only doing line. good enough, yeah. how compelling can this show be? How compelling I, can each episode be? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The first one was intriguing, don't get me wrong. and I, It didn't go anywhere where I expected it would. Yeah, there were some surprises for me. I'm just stuck in that whole, oh, it's a kind of sort of prequel. It's like, didn't we already do that? I mean, I know it's not about the Batman. It's about the villains. Well, see, the but... problem is there's too much of the villains, I think, and too much of Bruce Wayne in it. Well, that's just it, is if we're well, going to do it. I, I don't think you can judge the, sorry, Sean, I don't think no. you can judge the Bruce Bruce Wayne heaviness from the pilot. Yeah. Because we had to have that so we could say, I, I, this is the pre-Batman. So, so long yeah. as we leave him alone right. and he only pops so up every, I'm not, like, ten I'm not episodes. Gonna, I'm not going to say, as you are, I'm not going to say it was too heavy with Bruce Wayne yet. Yes, it was too heavy with villains, but I think that was just a, a plot element uh, for the pilot. Yeah, but no, I think Bruce was was used correctly in this. So but now they, they need to step so, away. Yeah, so long as they don't keep this amount throughout right. the rest of the right. season. Quite, quite honestly, I would have much rather have seen um, there, there was a, a GCPD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotham, Gotham Central. I think was the name of the of the comic line, yeah. and it was just about the rank and file officers in Gordon's unit. And While good Batman cops, is still around, right? yeah, they're, they're good cops in an unforgiving city in a horrible job trying to clean up Batman's mess, basically. <laughs> and every now and then, Batman would show up, but it wasn't a Batman series. It was he would show up for just little cameos. It wasn't about him. It wasn't really even about the supervillains. It was about the cops, and I thought that would have been so much more That's intriguing what they kind of to really it go as, with. From what I understand, and That's it kind of got added to and added to. The guy who plays Gordon's pretty good. The guy yeah. who plays Bullock's really good. How's yeah. the guy that played Alfred? Didn't like that. Huh? You know who that is? You know uh, who that is? Who is it? Sean Pertwee. Sean Pertwee. Oh, yeah, I didn't like him. Really? Didn't like him. No, he was, he, uh, yeah, I forgot we talked about it last week that he was that. No, he's, I didn't like him. Yeah. I heard he was very, oi! Yeah. Very, very cockney yeah. almost. He's, very, he's, very he's, he's not the Alfred we're used to. No, that's for didn't, sure. didn't like that approach. Um, but is he the Alfred we deserve? I like uh, Fish. I thought she was interesting. Yeah, she from the comics. Oh, she new, new, That's what I wondered because I kept going. I have no idea where they're going <laughs> with this. I, 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 is that Magpie? No, that's no somebody completely new. Okay, well, good because yeah. I, I I felt I like I was missing something. I think and that's I thought, good. Oh. And I almost thought that like the first guy was supposed to be a cameo, but I don't think he was. The guy that pulls the gun in the police station. Oh, oh. Um, I thought they were going with like a trying to. Pull a bane on us, yeah, wondered, like in the intro, but then nothing was mentioned doing. or yeah. really specified. So I just assumed it was well as rank and file. The guy on the criminal. stage. See, I saw <laughs> they're gonna do. One of the things I don't like about it is they're gonna have somebody in every single episode that possibly could be. Uh, and that'll get old fast. At. So we'll get surprised if when he finally. I, I really don't want him to show up at That's all. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't want him for a while. Yeah, that should be like the end of the series, final yeah, season. I would agree. Rise of Batman, actual putting on the suit. But how old's Bat? We decided Bruce is what eleven, maybe ish. Yeah. Are we going to be able to keep this up for <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> do time? Do, do time jumps. 
10 years? Well, that's what they need to do if they do. Yeah. If they need to do time jumps. But I don't know. Whatever. I think we've talked too long about this show. <laughs> we really need to give it some time to yes. to build and develop. And, and I really remind me to tell you something about it after we were done recording. I okay. give it a chance. I was shocked that it was that it's turning over on Hulu every day. Oh, every, wow. That's every impressive. Week. Well, because they signed that deal with Netflix, where Netflix gets the first... As soon as this thing is run, they get the entire series to drop on Netflix. So kind of like they do when DVDs come out? Right. But <laughs> but nobody else gets it. They're oh. exclusive. They're exclusive for streaming. X amount of time. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that's before DVD. So as soon as the season's over, oh, okay. they get the entire See, series. I, I thought it was going to be a thing like Blacklist, where it hits Netflix the same day it hits DVDs. See, no. Uh, it, it, from what I understand, is it's, it, nobody else gets it until... Mm-hmm. Netflix has a, a run on it, then the DVDs come out, oh. I guess, as they impress so And nobody and else gets it. So. <laughs> Over the summer. Yeah. So I was surprised that they're turning it on Hulu the next day because I thought that would cancel out that. Yeah. Hmm. But good for them for putting it on there because I get to see it. So, um, And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesday, which was phenomenal. Really good. Man, that was a solid start to the se- yeah. to the season. The, the the days of the early first season fluff stuff, I think that's all over. I oh, think that's I think behind so us. I think we're going gritty and dark, and that's that's the way it's it is. Like start of Dollhouse season two. And clearly, <laughs> that good. clearly they are going to go that direction since they moved the start time to 8, eight o'clock yeah. instead of 7. They wanted a little more leeway with some of the, I think, the violence and, and grittiness of it. Yeah. So. Well, especially considering what happened in the episode. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sleepy Hollow also started back up. You haven't seen any of Marvel's. I've seen none of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You're missing out, man. I I did have a Marvel weekend. The one thing fun that we did. What'd you do? Uh, We took my dad out for his birthday and went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy again. Nice. And he asked, he says, what time we need to be here? I was like, I had 7.05. The thing's been out for almost two months. Eh, well, probably 15 minutes beforehand. We'll be fine. That stupid theater was 75% full. Oh, my god! Wow. I was shocked. Oh, great. I mean, don't get, I was pleased shocked, but shocked. <laughs> it's like, wow. I read somewhere that everybody's seeing it again. That's what the, the article was talking about is we've, we've now hit the wave of Everybody's seen it once, and everybody's going back to see it again. Uh, yeah. Well, George, the little guy at the, almost two months now, the little gray-haired guy that works at the, next week? at the takes tickets. You know George. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know George, but I know George. I never knew his name until now. Oh, he has a name tag. I never. <laughs> I said, "Hey, George, how's it going?" He says, "Very good." And he hands me a thing. He says, "You'll be in Theater Seven. Excellent movie." And I said, "Oh, I know." He says, "How many times for you?" And I said, "Well, it's only my second. He says, "I've seen it three. The last time we went down to Kansas City and saw it in IMAX." It was so awesome. And he's shaking his hands like this. You've seen George. He's this little old gray-haired guy. It was so awesome. He's okay. also so great because he'll tell you if there's a scene at the end of the movie. Like we went in for Godzilla, and I, he said, don't, don't bother sticking around. There's no scene after the credits. <laughs> but, yeah, so we went and saw that again, and it was just as awesome and just as much fun. And I heard that the soundtrack has gone gold. Yeah. Oh, nice. Which is an added little bonus. So. This week it was on iTunes for five ninety nine. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. It's like seven ninety nine. So that was all. A I gold did. discount. Uh aside from Gotham and Agents of Shield, Sleepy Hollow, which was good and continues to surprise me. Actually, I think it was better than Gotham. Um, 
am caught up on the mini project. Am to date. It's. I found it really enjoyable. Mindy and Danny's relationship, as you get further into the show, they have such good chemistry together that that's why you watch the show. Yeah, I didn't give it enough chance, probably. Yeah. They're, they're, didn't like it. If Sarah hadn't been, this is a good show, you should keep watching, I would have given up early on, too. Um, watched This is a Disaster. No, It's a Disaster, uh, which is on Netflix. Have you guys heard of that one? So it's this six couples... Oh, no, in the, in the, they're having a dinner party. A brunch. This. It's couple's brunch. Yeah. And it's the end of the world. And they don't know it's going on. They don't know it until a guy in a hazmat shoot shows up and knocks on the door. I haven't seen it, but I it's saw the trailer. It's really good. It's I really liked it. It's got a Julia Stiles and David Cross and America Ferreira. Those are kind of the three big names. It was really well written, really well paced, really entertaining. It was kind of more of what I thought... Oh, maybe a tamed down version of what I expected from This Is The End. So, really enjoyable. Um, and then we went to Cider Days this year. Walked around for that with Dad. And then this afternoon we watched Captain Phillips. Which was good. It was a solid film. Oh, the uh, Tom the, Hanks one. Yeah, the Tom Hanks. Captain Phillips and the Pirates. Arr. And re- and the guy uh, who plays the because it was Somalian pirates. So yeah. <laughs> the guy who plays the main Somalian pirate got deserved all the praise he got. He did a really good job in it. As did Tom Hanks, but I felt well. He's driving a cab in Chicago now, so oh. apparently no rules for him after. That. <laughs> Through most of the movie, I was like, why? Why did they get Tom Hanks for this? It's kind of like a waste of Tom Hanks. And then it gets to the end, and it's such an emotional moment for him because obviously it's based on a true story, so he gets rescued. In case you didn't know well, what happened in 2009 in reality, <laughs> and what his emotional reaction to it all—it's okay. That was justified for getting Tom Hanks in for it. It was really well done. That's about it. Started back up with Clone Wars since I'm now without a half-hour show to watch. Speaking of Netflix, I watched uh, <laughs> the Fireball of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a documentary. The Fireball of Jesus Christ. Yeah, this Dutch... Uh, I was a mineralogist or whatever. Scientist of some sort. in uh, Italy. And he sees this lake. And the lake really looks like, to him, that it's a crater, uh, crater bed from a something fell out of space or whatever. And caused it. It's it's his exploring this thing and trying to prove that it's a crater and there's another guy that doesn't believe that it's a crater and they bring this whole group together. Of course there's a town nearby that wants the their tourism is bad and so they want this to be real like this a, a creator and it would draw people to the town and so they get behind them and they get this whole group of scientists and they're trying to prove that it's a crater. But what they did is they likened it to, or they likened it to, they, they kind of traced it back and realized that this is probably the, number one, there was this pagan uh, uh, sect there at the time when this crater, when this meteor or whatever fell. And when it came, it was a big giant fireball from the sky. And they attribute the fact that it, when it landed and crashed, it actually converted these pagans to Christianity because they believed that, because they were celebrating and doing debauchery and whatever and then when it lands they thought it was a sign from God and so they 
all <laughs> became Christians. And then they found out later that um, who was the um, Roman uh, Caesar that switched everybody over to um, Christianity? Uh, what was his name? Not Caligula. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I remember his name? He, I just watched this yesterday. Well, anyway, the the Roman emperor that I can't remember. It was after one of the big four. Whichever one it was. Um, anyway, he was out, and, and his army was about to succumb to a larger army. And so they were getting ready for this big war, and apparently he saw this fireball as well as it crashed and um, thought it was a sign from God. And, of course, they were, you know, that was before the, the Romans were Christian. Yeah. And he, obviously he saw it, thought it was from God, and, in fact, they won their battle and oh. succeeded in the battle. And so he gave credit to God, and that's why he changed the... Roman Empire to Christianity. So, huh, interesting. Anyway, <laughs> but it was the hokey title that caught it. It was an interesting documentary, but the fireball of Jesus Christ was was almost um, like a, a Rassilon reference. The fireball of Rassilon. The fireball of Jesus Christ. Speaking of Netflix, you guys will have a homework assignment. In a World drops on Netflix October 7th. Ooh. Yeah. I had made it a, a, a side mission of mine to try and get through Masters of Science Fiction because it's going off Netflix. Oh. Um, and I didn't. <laughs> so, eh. Fortunately, everything else that I have on my instant queue is still there for now. So it's like, okay, I've got some time. Which, Catching Fire's going on, but Hunger Games is dropping off. Did you guys see that? Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. One other Guardians note I just happened to see. <clears throat> Thank you, James Gunn, for posting this on your Facebook page uh, five <laughs> minutes ago. Um, it uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is now Marvel's third largest North American grossing film. All right. Third largest grossing last film week in it North was America. Fourth, right. Uh, so it's now at three hundred nineteen point two million. So domestic. It, it's topped uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Then it has. And because the only other two are now Iron Man two, three, three, three. Yeah, Iron Man and three Avengers. and Avengers. Yeah. Oh, Respectively. So there's that. Go Guardians. Yay. I wonder if they'll include DVD sales in that later. Or if that's just box office. That's just box office. That's, that's just North American box office. It doesn't even yeah. include, include uh, worldwide, which is at 300 and some odd. It's like <coughs> 644 total, um, which is pretty darn impressive. Yeah. But. Good job, Merle. And apparently he was on Saturday Night Live last night. Oh yeah, I was going to watch that. That was on. It obviously drops on Hulu the next day too. So I was going to watch that. I saw a bunch of articles on Facebook of how we parodies the future Marvel movies. And for those of you that are just joining us for a Doctor Who podcast, yeah, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we're going to get there now because we're going to move on. I can contribute and there are something some to Doctor Who. Um, I was telling you beforehand, my father-in-law was bored last weekend because he didn't go with us to South Dakota and was browsing eBay. Came across the Rose and Canine action figure and bottom for me. Oh, so right, now in the right size for him. Most importantly, the uh, the Canine is proportionate to the actual proper size figures. And oh, he comes with a removable a removable side piece. It's it is the, battle damage. It's, it's the Mark II. Was it right? Mark II or Mark III? I think it's Mark III K9. The one that he would have left for Sarah Jane would have been Mark, would have been Mark III. So um, the one he relieves is Mark IV. Yes. 
It was just I got that Saturday, which was kind of serendipitous after watching School Reunion Friday. Oh, okay. it's even got wheels. I know it's got wheels, and I got Rose too. <laughs> She's short. Which even when uh, she is short. Well, she was nineteen. Even when he uh, told me earlier, he just didn't pull her down to show her off. Cause, you know, that's eh, Rose. You want to see Rose? There you go. Clint. No, it's Rose is awesome. Um, I beg to differ. This is not Rose. That's Cassandra. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> It's she's too fat to be Cassandra. It's, it's, it's the rose from that episode where she gets possessed. I thought so. it was weird that she was in that outfit with K-9 instead of the school reunion Strange outfit. Strange pairing, but all right. Yeah. I guess they can only afford to make one rose. <laughs> and that's the costume they chose. All right, let's move on to news. News. We've been put, kind of putting off news because it's a bit sad. Yeah. Unfortunately, some 10 o'clock news to start out the segment. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, Sean brought it to our attention. I did. Maggie Stables has passed away. I was going through having a great Sunday until I saw this. Then I was almost too sad to come record. If you don't know who Maggie Stables is, that's Eolin Smythe and Big Finish. And if you don't know who Maggie Stables is, you should. And you should be running out and buying. You know, who anybody wants to start on listening to Big Finish, you go out and find uh, Six Doctor and Evelyn. Those yeah. are some of the best audios. Agreed. I love them. I love her and... I'm so sad that she's no longer with us. Uh, she died peacefully in her sleep uh, on Friday after a long illness. So it's very sad that we have that we have lost her. Yeah, that news comes to us from Galley. Apparently, she was a twice over guest and, and delightful and big, each big time. Finished posting about it. <coughs> Did yeah. yeah. I was I was bummed when I saw that. She will be very much missed. Some good news, though, behind that. British Fest has their first guest announcements. Yay! Yay. And it's friend of the show, Simon Fisher-Becker. Yay! So come to Omaha, Nebraska, next year, June. I don't remember the exact dates. I don't remember what they are either. Three-day weekend, and come and meet Dorian Moldavar. Or the ghost from the Harry Potter movie. <laughs> the, the friar. The one that wasn't, that John friar. Cleese. The one that wasn't John Cleese, yeah. The one that you barely saw. Uh, he's been in a lot of other stuff, too, obviously. Yeah. But he's, yeah. he's friend of the show, Simon Fisher-Becker. Yes, and is. we're looking forward to we have interviews chatting him with him again. Uh, I look forward to meeting him in person this Me time. Me too. You have. I Sean, have. Sean has. Keith I, and I have yet. I have met him, and he is a delight. And he was a delight when we had him on the show. So July 10th, 11th, and 12th. July. July. Oh, I was wrong. July. Well, oh, that's right. It moved, you got it moved yeah. later. Yeah, that's right. But still oh, exciting no. news. Yes. That means we won't be able to go on the Friday. Yeah. But you didn't anyway this year. So. So. <laughs> I'll have to drive up on Saturday or Friday night again. All right. Uh, that's it for news. Then let's move on to feedback. Feedback. First up, uh, Duck Phil. Phil writes, comment, question, question, comment, layoff, end of time, Glenn. <laughs> hey, who peeking? Sorry for the long delay in feedback, but my my computer decided to freeze itself in carbonite. It's free now, and its slight and its site will return in time. Oof! Where to start? Seeing as it's been so long. One day slash time of the doctor. Love them both. Go figure. Great to see my doctor back, obviously, but the interaction between the three doctors was fantastic. 
Clearly they had a ball. And Time of the Doctor was a very fitting send-off to Smith. I know some were saying, where's Rory? But I don't see that. As I've said before, Rory was never the Doctor's companion. He was Amy's. If the Doctor had seen him, it would have been a silent nod off Night of the Head, nothing more. Two, Peter Capaldi as the Doctor. Growing steadily, or steadily growing on me, after Matt Smith uh, pretty much had me from hello, it was odd to find myself needing a trial period to start really enjoying Capaldi. But then I wasn't sold on Tenant until gir- the girl in the fireplace, and then he turned out to be my doctor. But each episode I feel a stronger connection to 12, or 13, or is it 14? Or 1, version 2.0. I'm going to stick with 12. 1. Memor- memory Worm. Probably the funniest scene I have ever seen in New Who. I know it's an old joke. Whoa. Deja vu. Where was I? <laughs> Three. Cybermen in Robot of Sherwood. Robin Hood. Golden Arrow. Cybermen. Oh, come on. Look, I love this episode. Everyone did a great job and it was a lot of fun. But that's a scene that practically writes itself. Robin <laughs> letting fly with the Golden Arrow straight into the main Cyberman's chest. Thus disrupting slash destroying them all. I agree. I kind of feel See, like it was a misstep. I wasn't the only one they thought that. Uh, four. Listen. What an amazing ending. Did not see that coming. I'm so used to Moffat making me scared of things I have no business fearing. I wonder if he wrote this with all those young viewers, or once young viewers, who hide behind the sofa when the scarier monsters show up, as to say, it's okay to be afraid, you know. Five. Time heist. Loved it. The very second I hear the recordings verifying they volunteered for the memory at Wipe, I had to know why. And the not knowing makes sense. The more they know, the more they endanger the mission, and it makes them easier targets for the teller. As for the doctor coldly saying, there's nothing I can do to uh, save Bria, and that, unfeeling, and that feeling so undoctor-like... Well, I guess that's true. He didn't cry, whine, monologue about it for several minutes, <laughs> and he didn't do a Dusex Sonica to hurt her to safety. So he's certainly not 10 or 11 anymore. She was dead by that point. The only question was whether it would be fast and relatively painless or slow and agonizing. The poignancy of the Doctor dances and the end of Force of the Dead is that the Doctor can't save everybody. That's why we cheer so loudly when he does. I love happy endings, but occasionally we need a loss and fire to make the victories taste all the sweeter. Well said. I'm sure I'll have more. <laughs> I have more, but it's all such a blur anymore. Loved Winter Soldier, Frozen, Lego Movie. Don't look at me like that. Godzilla <laughs> and Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't see much else. Oh, Smaug. Really like that too. Odd Duck Phil. P.S. So this week's Doctor Who features a Scottish groundskeeper. That sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. It's good to hear from you again. Definitely. We will try and get Glenn to lay off into time, but no promises. <laughs> Up next. I thought you were leaning in to make a thin time comment there. <laughs> You're almost in. I'll wait a little bit longer. End, no, end okay. of time is not horrible. It's just got horrible elements. Up next, Tell Mark. him you didn't like Man of Steel and see what he writes. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows my feelings of Man of Steel. Different flavor. <laughs> cool Ranch instead of Doritos. Up next, Mark sent in some audio. Good evening, Vortex crew. This is 
Robin Hood mark. I've decided there's another mark, isn't there? As much as I loved the Robin Hood episode, I'd have to go with that name, surely. It's been a couple of weeks since I sent the last feedback, so just to catch up, listen, perfect. Perfectly balanced, loved it. Capaldi was great, Coleman was great, it was just a great episode, and and the way they worked Danny Pink into it, wonderful, wonderful. That's how it should be done. Time heist? I know it had its dark moments, it had its uh, iffy moments, but for me... That was a perfect romp. It was a, it was great to see them do something totally different than what they usually do in Doctor Who. Um, that's the episode that Robot of Sherwood wishes it could be, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, my opinion on the uh, Sherwood episode, as I'll call it. Right, The Caretaker. All I can say is, what was that? It was a mess. It was awful. It was dreadful. And I'd never thought I would ever say that about any... Doctor Who episode that didn't have Bonnie Langford in it or Ace, you know? Those 80s episodes, which I hated those 80s episodes. This was down there with them. Awful. Um, So this is the two parallel storylines of the season finally coming together. Clara's two lives finally coming together and it looked like a road accident. You know, you keep watching because that's what you do. You're rubberneck. You, you can't help yourself. It was, right, I'm, I'm I'm going off my, I don't get, I didn't get it. It was more about the domestic between Clara and Danny and the doctor than it was about saving the world or the usual, what we come to expect from Doctor Who. We don't, you know, in the past, I know people have complained about Doctor Who becoming too touchy-feely and, all the kissing and the love and interest and all that. and the, Yeah, that's great. I, lo- I don't mind any of that. I don't mind any of that. But here, it just it was like, if I want to watch people bickering and, and having a lover's tiff, I'll go and watch EastEnders or Coronation Street. I'll watch a soap opera. I don't watch Doctor Who to be reminded of real life. It's an escape. It's Wow, I'm really coming across as whingy here. I'm sorry about this. Um... I can't even say why I felt uncomfortable with it because it was they played it well. It was it was like watching real people. Um, <laughs> yeah, perhaps I like the Doctor to be that superhero, uh, the one that the the romantic in me says that the main female part or male part, even if you talk Captain Jack, the you know they fall in love with that uh, the Doctor is the one that we all want to be, and you know. We want to see the best from him and see that everybody loves him and adores him. And sometimes watching this, it felt like it was being criticised. I mean, it was different. I'll give you that. We had went, went from Rory following the Doctor and Amy around like a lapdog to Danny. You know, I'm not going with you. I'm not. In, I'm not convinced by this old man in a box. I'm time travel. I'm not really interested in that. As long as you're safe, Clara. It's a bit like um, what's the names. Martha. It's a bit like Martha's parents, totally unconvinced by the Doctor and totally brainwashed against him by the Master. Uh, it was a bit like that. And I'll be honest with you, at times when uh, Danny was talking about the Doctor, I think it was towards the end, I, I had thoughts of and recollections of how Davros talks about the Doctor in, is it the Children of Time episode, where all the new companions came together to fight the Daleks? Some of it felt a bit like that and, and how the Doctor empowered them. But in the past, I felt like the Doctor empowered people and, 
and made them do better and better themselves and be able to do better and believe in themselves. But here it felt like a criticism of him as a negative, as, as something he was doing wrong and he shouldn't be doing it. Again, this is just my f- first uh, thoughts of this. Another thought on it is the Doctor has never seemed more alien. And for me, that is one of the, in fact, the, one of the only positives of this episode. The Doctor is an alien and they've made him, Capaldi's played it beautifully. And he does, you believe he's an alien. You don't need makeup, you don't need prosthetics or whatever that word is. You don't need any of that um, detail. It, just the way he brings it across and he, he acts, it's it's perfect. I mean, Capaldi is such an established actor and such a great actor. And that part of it, I couldn't complain about. I couldn't uh, fault it. I want the Doctor to be an alien. That's what he is. We seem to have forgot it. And maybe we forgot it a long time ago, you know, when Pertwee was stuck on Earth. But even then, he was stuck on Earth. And he made sure, made sure you knew that he didn't want to be on Earth. Why have the bad guys been so lame this season? I just don't get it. This, this one to, in this episode, oh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. We, we went to Butlins, which is a holiday camp over in the UK years ago. And they had this robot that was, I don't know, he was really tall, eight foot, nine foot tall. And he was controlled by a uh, remote control and he'd walk around stomping around. And, you know, the bloke controlling him was, you couldn't see him. He was a bit away. And he talked to the kids and things like that. And that was cool for Butlins. But the problem was this robot on the, on this episode reminded me of that, which is a bit rubbish, you know. When you see it at Butlins and it's a holiday camp, and yeah, it's a bit it's a bit cool and great. But this is Doctor Who and this is TV, and I don't want to see a holiday camp um, robot. It's a bit like uh, going to a concert and seeing a cover band instead of the band you paid for. It's it's a bit rubbish. Um, but yeah, I just. I get the feeling this season that they're trying to make force the point that the Doctor is the most dangerous thing in the room, which is why the, the bad guys have been some rubbish this season, or a bit lame. You know, I can't think of one that maybe uh, time-iced. I forget the creature's name in that, but even then he wasn't a bad guy. He was just doing what he needed to do. <laughs> yeah, I really, I'm ranting this week. Uh, Doctor Who finally jumped the shark. You know, literally, we, we should call it Jump the Robot. We've we've got a new new uh, version of Jump the Shark. Danny Pink somersault over the robot. What the hell was that? What? I, I, <laughs> I know it's fiction. I know it's science fiction. But is he Superman? I, I sat there and I was, I was thinking, what have I just seen? What have I just seen? I, my son loved it. He thought, yeah, it's great. It's cool. And I'm thinking, okay, so they've managed to appeal to the eight. The, well, no, he's not eight. Sorry, go. He's not eight. He's 14. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. I didn't understand it. I don't... It looked rubbish. And I've used that word a lot for this episode. And so far this season, I've, I've been up for... I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, the only other episode I had a real negative vibe about was Robot of Sherwood for obvious reasons. I've not really thought any of the bad guys were that great this season, but other things made up for them. But things in this episode just seem so far wrong. One last thought. The Doctor's shirt, and this to me says how bad this episode was when I'm noticing what the Doctor's wearing. I believe the last time he wore that shirt was in Listen? The first time he met Danny Pink? I don't know. Is that significant? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I'm sort of dragging anything out of this episode to sort of make it interesting to my mind. Anyway, not meaning to be negative. I I don't like being negative. Uh, which I have been very negative on this. 
And but that that comes out of passion for the show and liking the show so much. And then seeing something like this this week, it won't be one I go back to. To be fair, oh, one other thing, I find it weird that uh, Americans find this Doctor rude. I this is uh, a character trait that I think I've enjoyed this year, and I know my son's enjoyed it. And just that way he's being very straightforward. Um, it's it's uh, pulling no punches. And people thinking that he's being harsh on Clara. I think Clara takes takes it well, and she gives as good as she takes. I don't think the Doctor would do it if he didn't know she could take it. And I think sometimes with it, he's testing her. It just feels like he's testing, a bit like he was testing Danny Pink on this episode. Maybe, I don't know. Personally, don't think, uh, you know, the Doctor being a little bit more abrasive would be a bad thing. I think... Um, Matt Smith was doctors was Matt Smith's doctor was just as bad, but because he had that cheeky chappy persona, he got away with it. I mean, this is something my uh, partner said. She said, uh, "She, wow, I was just about to say she said exactly what I just said," but she she pointed this out to me, and she's never really been a, a big Doctor Who watcher. But as soon as she saw Capaldi, she says, "Oh, he's no different, is he? He's just like Matt Smith." He says, "Just says what's on his mind, just like Matt Smith's doctor." Maybe maybe it's us that just don't see it and people who are a bit detached from it do. I'm going to leave you to it. I'm sure you've got plenty of other feedback. I don't even know if I've got this in time for this week's show, but take care. I can't wait to hear the show. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, and Mark. Um, I'll give you a little spoiler. Um, you hit on a lot of points that I have this week with this episode. So and some very good points. Maybe a tad negative, but, <laughs> <laughs> but very entertaining. Very entertaining. <laughs> All right. Up next, Megan. Megan writes, hello, Vortex fellas. First off, I'd just like to take a brief second and slow clap in Chrissy's general direction regarding her email about female characters. I absolutely agree. And I will leave it at that because she has already stated everything I would have said. So well done, Chrissy. The Caretaker. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I really liked this one. What can I say? Series 8 is really doing it for me. I thought this episode balanced humor and really tense character-driven drama well. The Doctor's mistake regarding whose Clara boyfriend was had me in stitches, as did me visualizing the 11th Doctor skulking among others. Otters. Skulking among otters. Otters? Yeah, remember he said... <laughs> I lived among otters once, well... He was... Me and he River was make, had a spat. And... He was oh, that was what that line was. That, okay. To Clara... That he understood people because he lived among otters once. And she said, on some living among humans, but easy, humans. easy, easy, easier. The, 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 the key word in there, otters, was completely lost <laughs> on me due to the speed Scottish and the Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, I'll go back and catch it later. I get the gist of it. He and River had a spat and he was somewhere else. Human should be easy. Okay, it's an alien thing. All right. So that's where I wrote it off. Otters. Okay. That's funnier now. <laughs> Thanks, Megan, for clarifying that for me. <laughs> Because I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. <laughs> um, sulking among otters. On the other hand, his treatment of Danny was just plain mean. Obviously, this is by design, and I believe Claire's acceptance of him and his spiky nature will come to a head, so I understand why the Doctor is being written as kind of unpleasant. I really like Danny, especially when he finally stood up to the Doctor in that really tense scene in the TARDIS, and his conversation with Claire at the end about, him, about coming to him if the Doctor ever pushes her too far is foreshadowing or I'll eat my hat. If I had a hat. <laughs> My one quibble is this doctor's attitude towards soldiers. 
I get that he's never really liked them, even in his unit days. He was kind of there under duress. But he still became friends with the Brig and Benton, and he even still helps out unit now. And I get that the Doctor's likes and dislikes can change per regeneration. I would just like a reason to be addressed a bit more directly. The monster was cool-looking. Its nature of blindly following orders was a nice mirror of what the Doctor thought Danny was as a soldier. But the meat of the episode was in the interaction between Clara, Danny, and the Doctor, which were all electric and well, wonderfully performed. The Doctor's face when Clara says the Matt Smith look-alike isn't her type was priceless. <laughs> well, that's half the series done and dusted. That went by fast. I've enjoyed every episode so far, and honestly, if this keeps up, Series 8 might be my favorite after Series 5. I'm excited for these next four episodes. They're all done by new writers, so who knows what we'll get. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Megan. P.S. Have you all been watching the Dr. Puppet YouTube videos? The newest one is just wonderful. I have not. I have not either. I've yeah, heard of them. We'll have to check that out. We will have to look back for you, Megan. So, so far, uh, our feedbackers are pretty split on this episode. <laughs> Let's find out what Chrissy thinks. Chrissy writes, Nice to meet you. Now get lost. Dear Vortex Boys, Oh, where do I begin with the caretaker? First of all, I really enjoyed it. I love that we basically, basically got a character story for Clara and Danny by extension, but mostly Clara. I mean, Listen was a character study for the do- story for the Doctor, so it seems like it's only fair that Clara gets one as well. I don't even mind that the alien threat was kind of secondary to the rest of the story because the rest of the story was just so darn good. I love that this starts with the opening sequence of Clara trying to keep up with the- keep her real life and the Doctor's life separate, but it qu- it's quite quick. But it's quite tricky from time to time. And in this situation, of course, both lives are going to collide at some point. And the question is, how is she going to handle it? Given the circumstances, I think she did okay. It wasn't perfect, but Danny is mature enough to realize that there are other things and people that Clara cares about in her life, even if one of those is a 2,000-plus-year-old Time Lord with two hearts. And even the Doctor understands that Clara's real life is just as important to her as traveling in the TARDIS is. This is one of the great strengths of Doctor Who, and I think it's become more pronounced in the Stephen Moffat era. The regular people can have extraordinary adventures, but still come back and live ordinary lives, and be interesting in their own right. All of the main characters, and even many of the one-off characters in the Moffat era, have felt like they could be real people with real problems and real lives, and real likes and dislikes and real personalities. They just happen to travel in time in space and time and or be from other planets in the midst of these utterly bonkers adventures there's still room for real life conversations and discussions of what these characters feel and want from their lives clara admits that she loves danny right after the doctor has had to send off some alien robot thing forward in time danny finds out that his girlfriend has a side hobby of traveling with a time lord who doesn't like him very much by the way why is the doctor so dismissive of a former soldier te- teaching math? Didn't the brigadier teach math at a boys' school in Modern Undead? Even the, doctor, even the doctor expresses concern about Clara's life, to the point that he goes out of his way to approve, to approve of the guy that the doctor thinks is her boyfriend, only because he wears a bow tie and looks like Matt Smith or something. But he did eventually feel okay about Danny. Not that Clara necessarily needed his permission or whatever, but it was a nice moment. Other things. Courtney Woods. 
was a great character, even if she was a crappy companion. And you know how we always talk about this or that one-off character, uh, or how this one, this or that one-off character would make a great companion. I thought about Courtney until she actually did become a companion, and then the spillage occurred. <laughs> the Doctor and Clara's little conversation about Jane Austen, uh, when Jane Austen wrote Pride and Prejudice, was hilarious, especially that Clara assumed that the Doctor was just name-dropping, but it turns out he just read the bottom at the back of the book. <laughs> Danny and Clara's conversation at the end feels, something, uh, feels like something big is going to happen, which the ne- next episode has been teased as this huge game-changer, so... I guess we'll see what happens. That's all for me. Hope you'll have a great week, Chrissy. Yeah. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. All right. We'll get to some of those things in a minute. But finally, last but not least, Ollie. Shush. (laughs) Ollie sent us audio feedback, apparently. (laughs) Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, I have to say I enjoyed this episode. The doctor finally gets to meet Danny. The look of shock on Clara's face when the doctor shows up as the caretaker is priceless. Everyone at the school seems to know Danny and Clara are an item. The dueling snapping of the fingers to open and close the TARDIS doors was cool. I think the TARDIS likes Danny. It's nice when we finally f- find out why the doctor was being so gruff with Danny. He wanted to be- make sure that Clara would be in good hands. I don't think the doctor has to worry. Love the flip side as well with Danny telling Clara that if the doctor goes gets bad to let him know. Missy returns at the end of this. Now we're now were my eyes playing tricks on me. Was the guy at the desk also the English teacher that was talking to Clara that the doctor thought she was seeing? I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode, Holly. Uh, Holly, no, your eyes were playing tricks on you. Um, the guy at the desk at the end is actually Chris Addison, who was the uh, actor that was in The Thick of It with Peter Capaldi. Oh, yeah. Uh, He played uh, Oliver Reeder on The Thick of It. um, They announced him as a guest star. Right, that was the guest appearance. And I wonder if maybe he's going to have even more of a role coming up. Yeah, I don't remember him being announced for this story. That's what I was going to say, is it seemed like it was a further down the road story that they announced him for, and so when I saw him show up in this, I thought, oh... Okay, maybe he's got a bigger role than than we once thought. So yeah. So yeah, there's a um, there's a thick of it, the thick of it uh, crossover. Well, that's it for well feedback. another one other than Peter Capaldi. <laughs> other than the obvious, right? Peter Capaldi <laughs> was in in the thick of it. Yeah, he played Malcolm Reynolds. <laughs> I mean Tucker. <laughs> Who knew? Clara has it all under control. Her life at school, her life in space, her new boyfriend, and her mad old time lord. Everything is humming along just fine, just so long as everybody never actually meets. (laughs) Then, one morning, just before assembly, Cole Hill welcomes a new relief caretaker with a Scottish accent. Somebody else is going to have to take this one because I'm still out. I don't know know where I come down on it. Um, I won't dun-dun-dun it, but I'm going to horn it. Really? I, I won't horn it. Now. Oh, you won't I, horn I, it? No, I won't horn you it. You won't no, horn it. I, I thought you said you were going it. to no. horn it. I wouldn't give it the horn. I'll give it a dun-dun-dun. If I could go through and surgically dun-dun-dun it, I would, because there's there, there's pieces of this that I quite enjoyed. But overall, it's definitely not a dun-dun-dun. See, I walked away from this one enjoying it more than I did Time Heist. While I, oh, Time Heist was good, and it was 
It, I just okay. That was that. Oh, that's too bad. You're I, wrong. I, I think. That, <laughs> yeah, I think that, <laughs> exactly. I think for me, it was just, I. I like. I enjoyed the character interactions in it enough that I was able to overlook any major plot issues that might have. Kind of like I had. I, like I came with closing time, which is also Gareth Roberts. Is that his last name, or is that Godzilla? Gareth Edwards is Godzilla. Gareth Roberts. Gareth Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, which was another Gareth. Gareth Roberts. And that's... That Did Gareth write this one? He and Steven. Co-wrote it with Steven. Okay. Yeah. Everybody co-wrote this year. I, well, there's also, only like one. Although it looks like... Mark Gatiss is the only one that didn't co-wrote so So far, far but what I've seen of the writing for next the next six, Moffat only wrote the last two. So next I, I think it's probably that because, A, it was <clears throat> New Doctor time. And we're still laying the foundation of that. And B, Moffat knows what his end game is going to be, either at least There's for the season or for Clara. Needed. That he probably laid out, here's an idea for this, an idea for this, an idea for this, an idea for this, and I need to get this, 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 and this in, and then turn it over to somebody else to paintbrush it. Yeah, That's a suggestion. I don't know. But because no, right. all the character stuff and the Doctor being at the school felt very much in the vein of what Gareth Roberts has brought us before, with closing time with uh, The Lodger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were elements that I enjoyed about it. <sighs> Sean is on the fence. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I agree with all of our feedbackers that this, this, and this were great, and this was awesome. And then I kind of go back to Mark going, "Yeah, but this was really off, and I didn't like this. And where was this going? And what was up with the jump?" and I just I, I, there were it seemed like there were just as many elements of it that I really really liked as there were elements that I was very perplexed and puzzled by. And number one on that list is what is with this hatred to soldiers? An inherent hatred. It's in it. Yeah, it is. A, and it's been. It's not just Danny Pink. It's not just that he doesn't think Danny Pink's good enough for Clara. It's all soldiers in general because we went through this and into the Dalek. And it's. I mean, he doesn't even know Danny Pink. He doesn't know this guy from Adam. And he's berating him in the in the commons as, you know, oh, you must teach P.E. because you're a former soldier. And I... Which I... I so one of our feedbackers mentioned how she didn't quite understand why. And I just took it as it's an insult to his intelligence that he's not smart enough to teach math. He could only teach P.E. because he was a soldier. Right, but I, I still That's don't... That's how yeah, it came and, across. And, and, and why he's prejudiced, why I don't he's, know. Why he's being this way about it. And I, I get that the Doctor's never been a big fan, necessarily. But he, you know, the, uh, the Brig was... Despite all of their different... And let's not forget, I mean... In Six, in uh, The Wedding of River Song, she, he calls the Brig yeah. his best friend yeah. ever. I mean, it's just... And 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 I, I went back and I've really been stuck on the brig all season. I've been just where are we going with this? Because yeah, if you remember back to the Silurians, the brig told him, "Oh yeah, everything's fine. We'll take care of it." And then he went and blew them all up and bombed the cave. And it's like, oh, so you would think that would immediately put them at this, you know, loggerhead, and the Doctor would be like, "I'm done with you." But they didn't. They still had this relationship develop out of that. And so I'm really, really confused. And I'm kind of willing to just let it backburner simmer until, until the, season's, the season's over. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we'll get the answer to that. But I, it's it's until the only, then, the it's just bugging me. The only justification I can think of that can... It, it's not good enough, but the only thing I can think of is off the 50th, and now that he's no longer suppressing the war doctor, 
it's self hatred because of what he did there in the time war as a soldier. I suppose there's that. I, I suppose you, you they, could, they need to address it in the show and clarify that's why. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's, that's the only that's the only retconning I can do in my head to explain. And if it. that's where we're going with it, that'll fix a lot of it because I I, I don't mind that. That's the reasoning for it. Or even the fact that he's maybe a little tired of it from the standpoint that I mean, how many years did he spend on Trinslore and Christmas fighting? I mean, that had to probably wear yeah. on him a little bit coming off of everything that happened with it. So, you know, putting both of those back to back together probably is, you know, okay, maybe I can see a little bit. But I wish they'd tell me that. I don't want to extrapolate that. I don't want to. This is one of the few times where I'd like you to take my hand and lead me into the cave and say, this is what we're doing. And be like, oh, okay. And I'll go along with it if you tell me that. But that's for whatever reason, that's just really, really sticking. And I I don't see it as the tongue in cheek, witty, the doctor's always looking down his nose at people. This was just mean. It was mean spirited and it wasn't funny. I mean, I kind of sort of found myself chuckling, but it was that uncomfortable. I don't know how I feel about this chuckle, you know? It wasn't until Danny started standing up for himself and mocking Soldier at him with where I started feeling a bit more comfortable. Well, but I... I, Yes, but at the same time, I I don't want to have to go to that level of slapping him back in the face to make him realize he's being an ass. And that's really where I kind of felt we we were with that. It just it really rubbed me the wrong way through that, and it was unfortunate. I I agree with Mark that it, the relationship stuff felt a little weird. That we had so much of it, I don't mind. It was well written. It was enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. But it, it, it felt a little weird that we didn't get. And he's right. The villain really took kind of a second seat to that. Oh, it was yeah. secondary to everything that's going on. And I really feel like we missed an opportunity. If we're going to be at Cole Hill School, we're going to set an entire episode at Cole Hill School. There were two, in my mind, that really were missed, unless I missed them, which is entirely possible. The junkyard, which it sure looked like a junkyard, even though it was an indoor... The caretaker no, shop. <clears throat> the, no, no, no. He's talking that? about where the police officer went, where yeah. the boys were. Yeah. He thought they we were escaping school, so he sent oh, them back oh, to school. That. that wasn't a... That was just an old, dilapidated old building. Okay, so yeah. Cole Hill School apparently is not in the best neighborhood, because there's an old, dilapidated building no, on no. one side yeah. and <laughs> Foreman's Junkyard on the I other. I think somewhere so I like, read that, that, that they've, they've established that it's kind of in a lower income area of... of yeah. Of, uh, but I just... London, I, it's, I suppose, you know, when he yeah. walked in, and of course there was a great reveal with the flashlight panning around the room and the mannequin hand sticking out. It was like, oh, it's an Auton story! Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw... Uh, Mannequin's head, and I went, "Oh, is this going to be an autopsy?" Yeah, I, I got, I got real excited there for a minute. But just the fact this this dilapidated building's full of junk. I mean, apparently it's an old closed down department store or something. But couldn't it couldn't it have been Foreman's junkyard? Because that would have lent a little bit more of a double entendre to when the doctor chases the thing home and opens the door, and goes, "Ah, home sweet home." It would have been, "Oh, cool." We didn't go there. That was a missed opportunity, especially considering we got the call back to the Daleks and into the Dalek. Why not? And then, where's Ian? <laughs> I, you you do a whole episode set at Cole Hill School, and Ian's not in it. Missed opportunity. But those are—I mean, those are no nitpicky things. Yeah, but I, it just, yeah it's kind of pedantic. But. but still, I like I said, everything else. I, I, there, I, I enjoyed the humor of it. I enjoyed the the watch was cool. I loved Clara's. I, I loved most of Clara in this. I thought she was really good and really strong. I thought. Um, Danny Pink was, again, really good, really strong. Capaldi's phenomenal. 
and I'm just not sold on this characterization. I agree with Mark. He, this is the most alien that I think the Doctor has felt in a while, but I don't know if it's because he just doesn't get it or not. I'm I'm sort of like, I'll tell you, first of all, this the, the acting of this is top-notch. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we all can agree that, that, that everybody did a phenomenal job. Um, as far as the prickly nature of the Doctor and the, just the sheer rudeness of it, I really haven't had as much of a problem with it, and I'm not sure why. I don't know if maybe I'm part of that is because I'm so used to Malcolm Tucker, but it's it's almost like he's not being Malcolm Tucker-ish. I don't think that's the case. I just I think that number one, there's an end game for the reason why he's being so cantankerous and rude. Um, but number two, I think I'm I'm just so glad that we've got a different personality for a doctor. That I think all of the inherent things that make the doctor the doctor are still there. There are just things that also make him unique as as this incarnation, and so I don't have a problem with even even being flat out rude. I think that I, I like the I like exploring this type of doctor. I I like this is almost taking the first doctor to another level. You know what I mean? We talked about how rude and cantankerous he was. I see echoes of that in in this doctor. But we also talked about how much more we enjoy him once he lightens up. Well, we certainly have. But I think that what I like about this is you you start looking at the doctor. I mean, even look at... Uh, let's go back to Pertwee. Pertwee was quite rude to everybody. Yes, he was. Yeah. The third doctor was, and he would speak his mind, and he was grumpy most of the time, mostly because he was serving out a sentence on Earth that he didn't want to be serving out. I see a lot of times he would talk down the Joe. I see a but lot again, of there was, he would talk he would down, talk down, down Joe. to Joe. Absolutely. It, it, to start. Yeah. But they fixed all of that by the end. So you can go back and watch the early episodes with Joe and know that there's a little bit softness coming, so it's okay. We haven't got to the that's end of these yet. Say, so that's why I'm holding on. That's hold. what I'm saying. I think there's an end game, and I think that's why I haven't had a problem with the, the prickly doctor and can take this. I think it's also true, really like you just said, he's serving out a sentence, and he's quite justifiably angry about that. Well, okay, that's a reason for him to be angry and prickly and upset with everybody. Okay, you've solved that. I don't. But we haven't got that yet. Right, so that, that's right. why I'm still struggling with where are we going. So and, actually, I'd, I'd kind of like to see them explore that more. The, the rudeness. The, the give, give us a reason. Give us a reason. And I think another reason is because, and as Mark pointed out, I think it makes him more alien. It makes him without having to have the prosthetics and the different look it, it it's all in the acting and the portrayal of the character is it makes him feel really alien and i like that i think that's really neat i think it's a good explanation um i i have a problem with i think in let, let's just go back to the restart of the series in 2005 and from then on with the exception of the lodger which i think is a little different element because and i'll explain why I have never felt like relationships in the story have been put front and center to advance the story or advance character development. And a um, villain or, or bad guy been so secondary to the plot. And I just I felt like they have been able to advance character relationships without making it so front and center and pushing the, the villain to the back. As a secondary, and I really felt like that didn't need to be done here as well. 
I appreciate that we got to learn a little bit more of Clara, but I just really felt like it was being hoisted on us. Um, I really feel like the relationship between her, her and Danny almost feels forced on us. I almost think that I would rather it just kind of come and happen and then progress from there. I don't think we needed an entire episode where we were exploring the trust and the this dishonesty and the the dual lives of Clara and I, I just I didn't feel like I needed that. I didn't like that. I, didn't, I think it's an interesting thing it, that we've never explored like it. on the show before, the dual lives aspect of it. Oh but we have. We have that's just power a, of three. <laughs> well we yeah, have done but, it and we have done it subtly. And enough that I understand that concept. I understand that. Now Clara really is the first one we've we I, go I on an adventure and drop her off. And go on an adventure and drop her off. But we've been dealing with that. I, I guess it's the fallout of her boyfriend discovering, oh, this is what you've been doing when you're missing dates or whatever. I, I kind of like the exploration of that that we haven't had before. Yeah, that's, that's fine. The, and, and that's I don't different. have a problem with the exploration. Which, when of that's it. the but it doesn't, the have, lies to be, and doesn't stuff. have to be front and center. It didn't need to be that. Well, and and that's the different the, the different because I thought about a lot about this with specifically with Amy and Rory and how their relationship with the Doctor. And, and, you know, it's kind of like Pond Life. It's kind of like taking all of Pond Life, which was given to us as a side episode of, meanwhile, this is going on. And instead, we took that and rewrote it, and here's a full episode of it as part of the regular series. The only difference is Amy and Rory were in it together, dealing with it together, versus one partner who's off dealing with it and then coming back and skipping around and tiptoeing and lying about it yeah. to the other. So that's where I think, and don't get me wrong, there's an interesting dynamic there. And it was an interesting relationship. And as we mentioned earlier with how well Stephen Moffat writes couples, I think there was a lot of really good stuff in that. But did it necessarily need to take precedence over the alien story? You know, and I don't have to have the, the alien story all the time either. Well, no, I mean, it, I just, like it's Vincent a, the Doctor me, would be another example yeah, of I mean, the, the characterization of Vincent was far more important than the space chicken. Yes, yeah. But if we're going to get that, maybe we didn't need the impending, really big destroy the planet threat. It could have just been a smaller alien that well, was, yeah. you know, something the Doctor could have taken care of relatively easily if we're going to have. Well, but he almost. Well, it was a threat. He did kind of sell it as, well, it's not really a threat now, but someday down the line it could wander out and start killing people. Yeah. So I, I didn't get the huge, I'm saving the world, even though they he tried to sell the point to Danny. I never got the impression that... Well, until the end when the thing went to self-destruct mode and apparently yes, it was like, and, oh, now it's going to actually blow everything now, out. Now, that, that that's when it becomes the doctor yeah. didn't have Basco. So if, yeah. Although, if he'd had... <laughs> done in his way, and Danny and Clara hadn't got involved, we wouldn't have the problem. So. Well, Mel was watching it, and Danny was picking the things up. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, you got to look at it from his point of view. And Al, he was in the Army, but he was a bomb disposal expert. So he's probably looking at these going, what the hell are these? Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, it, it just, the, the alien part, while it was secondary, felt very much to me like the space chicken, where the threat was ramped up near the end where it maybe didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, at least it was handled better than the power of three. I think. At least in the in with the it wasn't a sonic wave of the ship and aliens that don't make any sense well, and just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that was another that the problem one that, within the power of three. Was. Yeah. Well, and that's another one that I liked all of the characterization stuff, it's but just, I didn't like the B plot. Yeah. <laughs> story. The problem is at least though, this B plot was a little stronger. This I B think. plot though is 
I guess it, with Power of Three, we're reminded of the of the B plot frequently, and there's still that constant perceived threat. Same thing with the Lodger. We're, there's there's still that, even though it's a another side B story. It's it's another side plot because we're talking about the development of the relationship between the Doctor and Craig and Craig and um, Sophie. Sophie, but. There's still that impending element. There's still see, that, that I, dangerous I element there. I, I can see that a little bit with Power of Three. I don't necessarily agree with Lodger. Yes, with closing Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Every time somebody hey. showed up, to, they'd go, they go. They were suckered upstairs yeah, and inside. But it was pretty, and, I think it was pretty... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was any more frequent than in this. No, I think it was much more frequent. I don't think it was. Um, there was I, the, I think it was the, more subtly the, done. The, the, the little, rods. what do you call it, the rod up in the corner. There, it, was, it was always brought to our attention frequently I, I enough thought this to know that there's a second... Attention pretty frequently yeah. too. We had the one instant with the with the uh, cop. Now you didn't see him, but he well, was. But you had the one instant with the cop that, that fits that description. You had the one instant where the doctor catches him the first time, and then you had the one instance at the end. That's it. All the rest of it was. We are <laughs> not counting any of the little stuff, which rot would be little stuff. No, there was no little stuff. There in was this. the planting of his. Plot throughout the yeah, entire that's still, start. That's that's the doctor yeah, examining okay. the rot, trying to figure I'll, out what the rot I'll is. I'll give you that, but <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's not as heavy-handed as there are a bunch of cubes everywhere and constant reminder. Right, of, right. <laughs> there's this imminent threat. Maybe we don't no, know. No, I just it is. I didn't. This is I, I didn't hate this, but this is the, this is the low point for me in the in the season. And I, I, there's clearly a reason why, and as, as I think Chrissy pointed out next week, they, this is the one they purport is going to be the game changer. And yeah. Actually, I think I know. I now have the season figured out, sadly. I hope I'm wrong, but I sadly think I have the conclusion of the season hmm. based on the way we're going. Um, I thought it was interesting that we got a little bit death. more Missy. <laughs> well... They, all, all, they, they all, with that, that, with that uh, yeah, even more so in this one, didn't they? Um, but with that, yes, I think that that leads me to believe heavily what I think will happen, what I've predicted for the rest of the series. So. Glenn will write this down in an envelope. It will be sealed, <laughs> and we'll open yeah, it can't after say it the... Because uh, then it'll be another River is Amy's daughter. What? River is <laughs> Amy's daughter? Um... I, I can't just can't I can't give this one a glowing review. I I, I don't hate it. I think it was fine that they did it this way. It's it's certainly their prerogative. I, th- I think it's one that will uh, end up my least favorite off in this series later at, by the end of the se- this series. I think maybe just taking a step back and viewing it as a whole as a whole as as a series as a whole. Yeah, but I don't think I would ever go back and say, oh, that's made that story so much better because well, you don't tend to do that. Really, just no, I don't. You're right, but it, that one, this particular episode, it just it. Really See, I, I think I think I'm I'm more likely to go back and rewatch this one than Time Heist. I, I the character interactions were enjoying enough, enjoyable enough that I would rewatch it. All right, so does it? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go here. Does it say something that of the, the the people who have weighed in us and our feedbackers? All of the males were kind of meh on the episode. And all of the females wrote in that they really enjoyed it. Don't call a female. No, he's kind of he's kind of male. I, I'm on the higher <laughs> man. Oh, okay. But but what I but what just what I mean Capital by that does that say something to the 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 psych the dynamic psyche that you know? the women folk are enjoying the relationship part of the of the episode that 
It depends on what you look for in your. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Thing. I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just asking: is is there some correlation to that? I wonder. I'm looking at you because you're older and wiser, and obviously you know all about this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Glenn doesn't know. I guess it depends um, on what you want from your Doctor Who. I don't. Think I think my like girls Mark, didn't care too much about this episode either. Oh really? But yeah, they were. They, they were kind of mad. Yeah, Holly said, "Wow, after two really good episodes, we ended up getting that." So. Hmm. So there, there goes your. Theory. Okay, well there goes that. <laughs> I, I really think it depends on what you love about who. If you loved some of the character stuff and romance, etc., from Ten's run, this is kind of a return to that a little bit. If you like the alien aspect, you're not going to get it here as much. That's it, and then I, I was like I say, I wasn't missing the idea that there wasn't a monster. I mean, that there wasn't that wasn't the a plot thing. I'll tell you, what, I, I've seen it twice now because Caitlin and I watched it yesterday because Holly was in Kansas City for clinicals, and then Holly watched it with us tonight, or we watched it with Holly tonight. She watched what did Caitlin it. think? She 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 said kind of the same there. same way. Yeah. Um, watching it again tonight, uh, I didn't even get any more out of it. But what I really was able to focus on because I enjoyed the Doctor so much in it, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Doctor in it. But I really can focus in on that and just uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal performance. I know I just keep raving over Peter Capaldi, but somebody pointed out, and I don't remember exactly what particular scene they pointed to and uh, somebody in feedback, but all of his reactions to things were just spot on. Hmm. Just the way, and, he, and I've, I've seen little nuggets of that as we've gone, but with just the way he, he his facial expressions and the, and the things he does and his mannerisms, they're always very reactive and telling, and I think that's really, really neat. And uh, I seem to pick up on more of those every time that I, I watch one of those episodes. And I just, I, I think he is fast becoming my favorite Doctor. I don't know that I'd ever put him above Tom because Tom, you know, just <laughs> was my first Doctor. But I, 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 I'm enjoying Capaldi almost better now than, than, than I did Matt Smith. I just, I'm, I'm loving him. I think he's great. So are you still struggling with the accents, Sean? A little bit. I, again, it's just... Cause I, think, I think that's part of why I don't feel like I need to go back and rewatch some of them, because I'm getting more accustomed to the accent, and I'm not feeling like I'm missing stuff. I can see that. It's not so much the accent as it is a combination of the accent... And the speed. And the speed with which the dialogue is delivered. And <laughs> honestly, I, I still struggle with some of the incidental music. When, when things get really exciting and bombastic, and the music kicks in, and he's going... Well, we've got a blah, 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 blah. And my brain just kind of interprets it as tech stuff. Something's going to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the visuals. They're washing over me. But whatever you just said was lost. Um, and that happens. I, <laughs> I just wait until it's my turn to talk again. <laughs> um, so I, th- I think that's perfect. I don't know. I, I almost wonder if this would have come out a little stronger if we didn't have an alien threat. If the alien threat was completely, totally a ruse just for the doctor to go snooping around the school and check up on Clara, not because of to, romantic to, interest, to find out but to find out who is. this boyfriend is. I almost think, you know, him climbing back up on the ladder and, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. I, I think that almost would have been, I don't know, more fun, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm Danny doing the flip over the that I I did bother that bothered me too. I, I I love the fact that Danny was the hero 
that Danny was that last element of distraction that the doctor needed in order to get the passcode in order to shut him down. I love that. That was great. It was a great moment. Um, it, it, I, I like the idea that that was what Danny did to prove to the doctor that he was good enough for Clara. I loved that. The well, whole, I, the I whole like idea the, I like that, that Danny scene also was good. brought up the fact of why he's so cross with him and why yeah, he doesn't yeah. like him. And I love Danny too. was the one to explain it. I liked I, I, that, I liked too. that too. The flip over the thing, it, it was almost like, oh, we haven't had any action in this yet, <laughs> so we got to He could, uh, I don't know, he could have done, he, could have he still could have thrown him, well, he could have done anything that would have been more realistic than him doing a front flip over the... He, 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 because the thing was up on the pincer legs, he could have slid underneath, underneath? it. Underneath, <laughs> yeah, anything. anything. That, that, I don't know. That the scene, problem is that the, the practical effects he couldn't have slid well, underneath. Well, you know... That scene was caster wheels. Right, I'm going to go there. That scene was as bad as the scene in Jurassic Park: The Lost World, when the daughter decides now's a good time to show off her gymnastic skills, and there happens to be a set of parallel bars, or at least something she can use as parallel bars, in this shed on the (laughs) island, and kicks a raptor through a window. (laughs) That's how bad that scene was, and that was a bad scene. Um, I would agree. That's the, you're exactly right. That's just I don't know. It was a bit gratuitous. <laughs> I don't mind him being the hero. Like I'm 100 yeah. percent agree with you on everything else. He, he is great was... for Danny to be the hero and show up the doctor and say yes. But did it have to be a forward somersault over the alien's <laughs> yeah. head? Uh, I don't know. I also Maybe really we're like, showing our age. I also really Maybe. like the fact that he doesn't want to go out immediately and travel with them. He went up with them to get rid of Skovox, but doesn't want to. It doesn't seem like he's a t- part he of team with him. Get rid of Skovox. Wasn't he still in the TARDIS on that? Time? I don't think they no, went. I think he and Clara uh, went home and yeah, he took court. Oh, Courtney. okay. I, I must have missed that. Yeah, Which that was another one that I I, I, I have to agree with Chrissy. I kind of liked the idea. It's like, oh, Courtney, I, I did, here's another great scene with a kid and the Doctor. This would have well, worked better with Matt Smith. But okay, I'm all right. I, with this this if is I awesome. liked the kid more. I would have been okay with it. I had one of those moments of when he finally showed her inside the box. I thought, oh, well, maybe we're setting up. The next companion. Maybe I, she'll end up being the... And then when they did the scene at the end, I thought, well, I guess technically she got to be a companion. Well, <laughs> she's going to be great companion material. I think I'm going to be sick. Nope, never mind. Crush <laughs> off the list. This isn't going to work out. The, I, the other part change. that I almost wish they'd have gone with is he shows her the inside of the box and it's this and it's this and it's blah, blah, blah. And she's asking questions and he's just filling her in with everything. He's he's unloading. He's spilling the beans. And then he could have reached into a bag and handed her a memory worm and said, here, hold this. <laughs> I almost expected that. <laughs> just, oh, well. I, do, I, I found it also weird that when Clara is trying to explain the TARDIS to him, that she kind of looks to the doctor, and he has to say it's bigger on the I know. On the that inside. was so strange. And why no, they didn't um, reveal no, that to him. Well, here's, here's why I thought that was okay. is because Clara's going through a moment now where she's been caught in lies with Danny. She's having did this confrontation with the doctor. Of now she's he, the, the boyfriend's been revealed. So she's got a lot going on her mind. So I could see in her... Confusion of her mind. That's why she kind of had to be led to it's bigger on the inside because she's got a million things now running through her head. So I completely ex- accepted that idea that 
I guess in, I guess she's I, just she's flustering. She's floundering here now because she's got both sides of this situation that she's dealing with in her head. So when he does that, I was almost accepting because I thought he's that would have been something she could have if somebody that she wasn't so personally connected to discovered the TARDIS and she's expo- that's the first thing she would have done. It was it's yeah. bigger than the inside. She just would have gone there. But now she's flooded with all these other thoughts and and confusions and things like that. That it it, it it worked for me that he. I, I guess I just wish for. Danny would have gotten more of a bigger on the inside moment. I liked and, that he did because I liked because that he didn't as well. Capaldi because I think, still hasn't had one for anybody. No, that's the, that's it's small the thing. On the outside, is, that's, I don't want to keep going there though and saying, "Oh, we haven't had that. We haven't had because now it's like I'd rather them come and be." Original? Unique and original and unexpected because now I, guess, I feel like I, everybody I guess I has just to have that bigger than the inside and moment. Was surprised it wasn't there because what we did is we had the bigger than the inside moment all the time, and then they decided, well, that's getting tiresome, so let's change it up. So then we got the smaller on the outside, and they they they, they used the joke, but they they twisted around. There was one other way that they they had done it where they had kind of t- t- tweaked it so that it. So that it didn't seem as tired. But now, when those were obvious, then it's like almost a tired thing. And I, I was, I'm, I'm like you. I'm glad they didn't go there. I, well, I think it speaks a lot of Danny's character that he just kind of, he's unwilling to cross that threshold in a way. That he just he kind of pokes his head in, in at all. Yeah. and stands back and he looks and he pokes his head in again. And then he's off and running with something else because the magic box is immaterial. We're yeah. dealing with the lies and the relationship. And I, I right, thought that was a really right. strong character moment for Danny to be able to do that and bypass that. But I agree with you. I thought it was weird that she had to be leather because if it, I would think that if she were floundering and had so much going on that... She'd quickly go to something. Dude, shows. it's bigger on the yeah. inside. I mean, that, wild, that's kind of a... Wild and with spectacle. <laughs> I can see that, too. Yeah. Look over here. Too. Come on. You can't blame me for this? But, yeah, yeah maybe I not. I can see that, too. But. Um, yeah, I know that. Courtney <laughs> Disruptive influence The pleasure to meet you His reaction to he Courtney was, was great He was so Your thrilled not really it. disruptive influence is it No it's Courtney oh. <laughs> Just, oh it kills me I so want a child companion But it's got to be the right child companion I don't think Courtney would have been the right child companion I, think, no, I like Courtney I think they still may go there I think Courtney could have been the right child companion. I, I think it would have been interesting to give him somebody with a, a little raw and off-centered to, to the kind of matches Capaldi actually, and and you know because she can be reformed. She could so, be so that, molded. That, and that could be the arc, you know. Is that I mean, in some extent we kind of go from Asbos to whatever. Yeah, but you know, then we have other ones like Adric, and it's like, oh, never mind. I don't want a child companion at all. <laughs> what was I thinking? It's got to be the right child companion. I think Courtney fits the bill. Well, we've had her in like three episodes now, so. (laughs) (laughs) What was was she muttering under her breath every time Claire Uh, came in the room? Still never caught it. I still never caught it. That was another one that just. (laughs) She said something. I think that was intentionally done quick. It it was what was written on the window. What was written on the window? Oh, the one that he cleaned off. What is wrong with kids today when he was wiping down the window? It's. Something Oz Ozzy loves soldier or something. Oh, Oswin. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Ozzy loves soldier. Something along those lines. Ozzy plus soldier. Uh, where was it? Where Sean, we got coming up on the schedule. On the schedule. 
And yes, we say schedule. Anybody want to hazard a guess as to why? Because we like it. Because we like it, and we can. Um, it occurred to me when we did this last week that we welcomed everybody who may have found us at TopCon and these new listeners, and then we kind of rushed into the for Friday Night Who, we've got this, this, and this. We didn't really explain what Friday Night Who it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we may have several new listeners that just kind of assume that's a thing and then we move on. Um, so for if you don't know, uh, every Friday night at midnight, um, which is Central, Central Daylight Time. Daylight Time. No, it's standard. No, it's no. <laughs> it's still a couple. Like it's still to, like, like a month away. Midnight Central Time. Uh, <laughs> we watch an episode of Doctor Who, and we kind of change it up. Sometimes it's New Who, sometimes it's Old Who, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Uh, and it's posted on our website, and uh, we live tweet along to it with uh, our, our, our Vortex family of, of uh, friends and listeners. And if you would like to join us this Friday night at midnight Central Time, we will be doing. Planet of Fire, right? Yep. Yes. Um, which unfortunately may not be the best week to try and join us because it's not available right now on DVD. Yeah, that's a tough one to get. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a tough one to get. But uh, Peter Davison, Planet of Fire. Uh, so if you can have it, or if you have a copy and if you'd like to join in, synchronize your DVDs. We start at midnight, press play, and uh, <coughs> look for our Twitter uh, handle, which is at Travel Vortex, and the hashtag Friday Night Who. And just run that all together and. And that's what we do every Friday night at midnight. Um, and hopefully we, next week we can explain our reasoning for choosing Planet of Fire. We're hoping. Um, <laughs> hopefully it makes sense. Our uh, our review next week will be Kill the Moon, which is the next episode of Season 8. Uh, following week we will be doing um, Tom Baker in the Pyramids of Mars for our Friday Night Who. And uh, the following episode will be our reviews of Mummy on the Orient Express, which I think that one's kind of self-explanatory why we kind of chose to pair those up. <laughs> and we get some more Third Doctor uh, the week after that on October 17th, Carnival of Monsters, and then our review of Flatline, which is our 199th episode, believe it or not. Mm. And hopefully we'll be on our new servers by then. <laughs> Speaking of our new servers, if you'd like to contribute to our show, we do have a Patreon account. Um, the money that we get from Patreon will go directly back into this show to improve, make improvements. Um, obviously, uh, it'll go towards our server. <laughs> Which is uh, sorely needed with 199 yeah. episodes out there. <laughs> Come, uh, upcoming 199 episodes. Which we are progressing on that. We, we made some progress on that tonight. So, uh, fingers crossed, we'll still be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> No um, pressure, no but, pressure. But we, we, we need to continue the, the support of that. So if you can, um, obviously, uh, please go there if you can throw a little money away. Yeah, just as, you know, even if it's just a buck, you know, a buck a month. The price of a cup, cup of coffee. Not even the price <laughs> of a cup of coffee at days. Starbucks, you know. Um, you can help we us. Can and um, we are doing something special for our Patreon subscribers. And that's... Details are coming soon, so we'll we'll let you know when we get close. Patreon subscribers, uh, the current ones, again, thank you for uh, for your support, and we will be contacting you shortly to uh, secure your addresses so that we can send out these fabulous prizes of game show proportions. <laughs> it's just a little something to say thank you <laughs> from us. We didn't say which game show. Yeah. <laughs> Univision. <laughs> Um, 
Obviously, if you if you don't want to support us there, you can do one one time support by purchasing things in our Amazon store or going to our Spread Shirt website and buying merchandise there. And uh, portions of that those proceeds come to us as well. We can be found on Facebook uh, backslash Traveling the Vortex. Uh, we can find on found on Twitter. We are at Travel Vortex. Each of us independently have Twitter accounts uh, at Vortex Sean at Vortex Keep. And at Vortex Glenn. Uh, we have We're Tumblr, Tumblr page. We have um, lots of stuff. We have Goodreads a, a, a Goodreads Good Good book yeah. group. Which uh, What is the book this month? It's still that... Uh, oh, I don't know what October's coming up. I don't know what October is either. I haven't I, we, haven't an, we haven't had an announcement I don't think yet. we Chris, Chrissy, will, Chrissy will give us an Chrissy announcement on that. Uh, the, our sister podcast, The Five-ish Fangirls, is going to do a photo challenge next month. The 31 Days of Huluween again. Oh, yeah. So there's a list posted on their website, uh, fiveishfangirlspodcast.blogspot.com. So if you want to take part, check that out. I know at least I will be joining in. I think I'm going to try to do it again this year. Last year was a lot of fun. Yeah. I will do it for the first 10 days. And then I will get behind. And then I will post seven days in a row to try and catch up. And then I'll give up. But I'll be there in spirit. So we'll get 17 of the 31 days out of you. Yes. That's what it sounds like. That's, that's more than half. <laughs> the pattern holds. <laughs> what you get. Uh, anything else we need to talk about before we close this one? Um. No, I think we've said it all. All right. Well, if, if you don't think we've said it all, let us know what we missed out on. <laughs> Feedback at travelingthevortex.com. And you feel free to send in audio or you know what I thought? video. Or I, I forgot. Last week when we talked about Time Heist, I read the uh, Absalon Back uh, Dalek Hunter. Uh, oh, sorry. You, yeah, yeah, totally. The, cool. the, and I completely forgot about that. And then there was a Absalon Back uh, cameo. In the uh, episode when they were projecting on the wall, so um, I will just say because I think we're going to review that uh, graphic novel at some point uh, because they were all collected. They were they were released in Doctor Who magazine or Doctor Who Weekly, yeah, Doctor Who magazine back in the day, and um, I think there were three store four well, technically four story arcs that are covered in the graphic novel, the Marvel UK graphic novel, and. Um, we actually were uh, able to get a copy of that, which we're passing around and, and reading amongst us. But uh, I quite enjoyed it, and it was it was neat to know that and then spot him in the Time Heist episode. Yeah. So you you, you kind of had a little leak ahead of time that you knew yeah, what was coming Somebody had, that had seen either the work print or had seen a still screen, a screen grab from the work print um, put out there that that was a possibility coming. So that's when we, we found that and did that. Hey, now, speaking of, this is the first episode coming up that nobody knows anything about, right? This one hasn't been leaked? I thought Caretaker... I thought it were, there were only five work prints that... Yeah. So Caretaker was Caretaker six. was... So oh, Caretaker was been, six, wasn't yeah, this, yeah. So this, Wow, we are halfway I presume through. this yeah. is the one that nobody knew anything about. So, uh, I presume. <laughs> Although, I think seven scripts leaked, though, right? I have no idea. I don't uh, think it was I never exactly saw five. how far... Oh, well. <laughs> There's always next. I've still not been spoiled, although now I think I've figured out what's going to happen. You always think you figured out no, what's going to happen. No, I think I'm pretty solidly sure. But you also sure think you're pretty solidly one, so. sure. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to have you write it down. We'll put it in an envelope and seal it, and then we'll open it on the after we see the final episodes, and we'll find out whether or not Glenn was right or not. So All right. you'll write that down and give it to Keith, and he'll be, oh, well, he'll be well, keeper, keeper of the envelope. Keeper of the envelope. 
Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be safe. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.